0: And welcome to 15 Years Out of the Fact, a podcast of opinions while rewatching Avatar with
1: a few facts thrown in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kevin.
0: And we are here back again to discuss chapter 11 of book one, The Great Divide.
1: Yeah, it's a very punny title today, very mm-hmm. double entendre.
0: Yes, and there's a lot of silly little jokes to be had in this episode.
1: Yeah, this episode in general is pretty. It feels like a very different tone than the rest of the series. Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe they just felt like after the total downer that was Jet, they needed to kind of pick things up with something kind of more lighthearted. Maybe
1: so, but um, it definitely wasn't lost on a lot of people, and it turns out that this is, like, the lowest rated episode of Avatar on IMDb, for Mm, example.
0: Yeah. It just didn't really, like, leave much of an impression. This is what, you know, fans of, like anime mm-hmm. would typically refer to as a filler episode it does
1: feel very filler episode and not even like as notable as say like next season's filler episode mm-hmm. uh which is the
0: no that was very you know um i mean even I, very well written
1: yeah that's what i'm gonna say it, it I, maybe it's not even considered filler episode but it just it kind of feels like there's a similar vibe in both of these and one is more impactful than the other.
0: I mean, like, yeah, just in my opinion, I think it's okay to have episodes that don't really forward the plot in any way. Yeah. But... You know, you have to make them interesting to the audience, and the best way to do that is to have, you know, some kind of insight into the characters.
1: Yeah, the 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 standalone story for this episode, its own little arc, kind of feels a little shallow. Like mm-hmm. the lesson here isn't one that's as deep as the other episodes the, are. The
0: lesson here, and I wrote it down, is like very antithetical to the kind of you know, do no do good, do no harm, kind mm-hmm. of gung ho stuff that we usually get um, in this show. And honestly, like. You can debate with me, but I think the moral takeaway from this is that sometimes solving your problems by lying is okay.
1: As long as the two other parties you're helping are annoying.
0: Yeah. So do yeah. With, with that what you will. Um, but anyways, uh, we're going to get into this episode. So something cool about this episode is that we seem to have a really, um, direct reference to, uh, what is probably the first, like, kind of American-esque landmark, mm-hmm. which is the Grand Canyon. Yeah,
1: they, the gang stumble on the, uh, what is the Grand Canyon, essentially.
0: Yes. I think it's called something else. They call
1: it the Great Divide. Yes. Yeah.
0: But it's basically the Grand Canyon. Yeah. It's, they said it's the biggest canyon, like in know, the world, in or the whatever. world. Yeah. So, um, and Katara and Aang think that it's just so super cool, and they want to take a minute to like look at it. But Sokka's just kind of like, eh, eh whatever. Yeah. Um, but before that, right before they even see the canyon, we need to talk about the fight. That starts off this entire episode. Right. And it's a really classic kind of, you know, sibling argument. Um, But it sets, you know, a very direct parallel for what we're going to see later. Um, So what happens is uh, Sokka is putting up the tent that they're going to be sleeping in for the night. And Katara walks up. Uh, She's just returned from collecting some uh, firewood for kindling. kindling. And uh, she's asking Sokka, you know, hey, why haven't you, like, put up the tarp? And his justification is, it's the dry season.
1: Yeah, it's not gonna rain.
0: It's not gonna rain. And then she says, "Well, what if it does, though?" And he's like, "Well, what if it doesn't?" And I put it up for nothing. Mm -hmm. Also, it makes a really good blanket. Mm -hmm. And um, so Katara doesn't really like, you know, taking chances. She likes covering all her bases. And Sokka, on the other hand, thinks, you know, why put effort into something that's yeah.
1: I think another reason why I don't like this episode, it kind of feels like they did caricatures of like the Sokka and Katara's character Mm -hmm. where it's like they made Sokka's like practicality more into like a form of laziness. Yeah. And then like Katara's like um, thoughtfulness and like caution as like kind of being uptight.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it just kind of felt disgenuine. Yeah. Yeah, disingenuine. So, um, Katara's kind of, you know, starting to fume that Sokka's not listening to her, and then Sokka starts making fun of her, saying that she did a terrible job, you know, collecting firewood, Mm -hmm. and so they just have a big squabbling, yelling match, and so Aang has to come between them, be, you know, the... Be the
1: Avatar. Be
0: the Avatar, and, you know, solve this dispute, and, um, so... I think that what he says is for them to trade jobs.
1: Yeah. He's like, why don't you look at it from, you know, the other person's perspective. You think you can do it better.
0: Yeah. So he's like, how about Sokka go collect firewood and Katara can put up the tent. And, fine. <laughs> and they're like, eh, fine. Okay. And it's like, you know, resolved because it's just a simple, silly little argument between siblings. And then also Momo and Appa are having a dispute.
1: Fighting over this weird melon. Yes.
0: They have this like one melon and they both want to eat it. And N here uses a very interesting strategy where instead of equality as the he uses equity.
1: Yes. He okay. doesn't do 50-50. He gives it based on their, you know, Their needs. needs. Yeah. Based
0: on their needs. And I think that that's really important because Sokka is like, uh, Sokka. Because Appa is this huge, ah. you know, uh, buffalo and- Or Bison. Bison. Buffalo bison thing. And he, you know, needs a lot of food, needs a lot of nutrients. Uh, whereas Momo is just a tiny little lemur. And so he takes this like watermelon thing, and instead of cutting it perfectly in half, mm-hmm. he cuts it like a bit off the top. Yeah. To give to Momo. He cuts
1: it like ninety ten, ninety ten yeah. percent.
0: Maybe like 80 20 Yeah. And he gives, yeah, like the small little bit to Momo and then the big bit to Appa, and they're both satisfied. Uh, and so, uh, Aang, you know, feeling kind of good about himself, he's just like, ah, oh, yes, yeah, just another day in the life of an avatar, mm-hmm. solving problems, making peace. Mm-hmm. And, um, but his peacemaking skills are going to be tested in this episode. Very much so. Uh, and it's when they get to this Grand Canyon-esque, uh, place called the Great Divide, uh, and immediately, like, this man, just appears out of yeah. nowhere and runs up to them and says, no, no, you're not going before me. I'm going to go first. And if you are somebody who watched a lot of cartoon shows during around... During this era, During especially. this era, this voice of this, you know, side character man who runs up should sound very familiar to you because it's the same person who voiced Robin from Teen Titans.
1: Yeah, on Cartoon Network.
0: Yes. Uh, So, got a little, like, side roll here on Avatar. <laughs> yeah, it
1: is a little jarring. It is pretty funny hearing him just be kind of that like annoying like (laughs) yeah (laughs) nagging type
0: yes um and it is weird too because he's like supposed to be an adult man but his voice just sounds so juvenile it's
1: true it's true
0: but anyway he's just like we're going through first with the guide and ang is just like "Mm, well that's fine i mean we got appa so (laughs) we're not gonna go through and um the guy explains that uh they're having to um, go through this canyon with the guide, because him and his uh group are refugees uh fleeing the fire nation uh, after they destroyed their town and they 're going to bossing say and then uh he also says that it's very imperative that he gets there first to reserve the uh guide because there is another group who is um, going to try and come mm-hmm. and uh, go first the rival him. tribe the rival tribe and so um these two tribes kind of show up about at the same time uh and uh, we have here the zhangs and
1: the ganjin
0: the ganjin
1: i they're so not subtle like i I've, they really just slap you across the face of just like these are the brutes and the dirty ones and these are the prim proper and like you know it's 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 just Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's just this lack of subtlety with them.
0: Yeah, no, it's just very um, clear-cut. And uh, immediately, these two groups start fighting with each other.
1: Oh, uh, I did want to mention that uh, another little quick little fact. Mm -hmm. Um, They never show how these names are uh, spelt in Chinese, but Mm -hmm. uh, Ganjin could phonetically be similar to the mandarin word for cleanliness or being neat oh. so it's very you know obvious there mm-hmm. yeah
0: very on the nose
1: yeah and uh Zhang could be very you know possibly be the word for dirt
0: mm. all right so just more like Un- spelling subtlety, it yeah, out. yeah
1: really just like
0: literally spelling it out yeah um so anyways uh the kenyan guide shows up and he's just kind of like all right who's ready to go through this, I, can, yeah. I love this.
1: He's just like some kooky prospector, like <laughs> tour guide type. He's I love really him. fun. Yeah. He's the
0: best part of the episode. I wish he had shown up more. He kind of has a bit of like Uncle Iroh to him, but he's like more kooky and Yeah, crazy.
1: more on the like slippery slope of silliness. I, I
0: think he's like if you take King Boomy and smash him together with Uncle Iroh. Yeah. Because like he has some moments where he says some sagely things and then he just passes out. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but um, he's just like, all right, well, I'm going to leave in ten minutes, so you guys need to figure this out, and both of the tribes don't want to go together. Mm -hmm. They, um, because they absolutely hate each other. So, Katara just decides uh, to...
1: So, you know, they start arguing about who's going to go with the guide, right? And then, like, uh, the Ganjins are like, well, we have elderly people that, Mm -hmm. you know, need to hurry along. And then the Zhangs are like, we have sick people. And then, like, the Zhangs start insulting the Ganjin for, like, well, maybe you wouldn't have so many elderly people if you weren't so healthy. And I'm like, this is a little (laughs) bit of a weird insult to throw at somebody. (laughs) It is a weird
0: one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, theirs made more sense uh, for the Ganja just being like, well, you wouldn't have so many sick people if you weren't so dirty.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, Katara kind of throws Aang into the middle of this. I don't really get the sense that Aang wants anything to do with this problem. He's just kind of like, oh, these people look like a handful. And but Katara's like, everybody, this is the Avatar. Yeah, and that's he-
1: Katara's the hype man. <laughs>
0: Gonna, you know, tell you what to do. He's the peacemaker. And, I, and Aang just kind of like, okay, well, I guess I'm in the middle of this now. Yep. <laughs> and so um, Aang is trying to be very, you know, peaceful and sensible and just being like, you know, why can't you guys just go together? It'll be fine. And they're like, no. And uh, so Aang just can't deal with their bickering after a while. It really gets on his nerves. I feel like this is honestly the first time that we see Aang get visibly like irritated and angry. Yeah,
1: he's very frustrated during this episode. Like he gets
0: upset a lot, right? Um, like his sadness and everything, like I'm overtakes him
1: yeah um and this this seems just being annoyed at somebody
0: this is just being irritated yeah um and so he's really annoyed by both these people and so he just like starts shouting just being like all right this is what we're gonna do all your sick and elderly from both groups are gonna get on appa and then the rest of you are just gonna go through together whether you like it or not yeah really
1: locking them into this story because now they can't just fly away on appa whenever they want
0: yeah because um they have like quite a few people and i think that Oppa just can't carry.
1: I mean, he they saw him carrying like 12 people, which I didn't even yeah. think Oppa could do.
0: Yeah, he's at maximum capacity. Yeah. So uh, Aang just kind of sends Oppa on his way uh, to kind of... Across the canyon. Uh, across the canyon on autopilot, I guess. And um, he goes on foot with these people. I guess he's gotten more used to walking.
1: Yeah, that that was what the takeaway was from uh, the last episode. (laughs) He
0: got used to walking. Aang
1: learned how to walk.
0: (laughs) Aang learned how to walk because he had to do a lot of walking in this episode. I guess he used some airbending to kind of get around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, um, so yeah, we get to see more of this kind of... Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I forgot the really important detail uh, where the... um, tour guide says to all of them, okay, before we leave, I need to tell you, you can't bring any food with you into the canyon.
1: I feel like he probably should have specified why. He just said that, like, things are going to get you, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he gave them a fair warning.
1: I'm just saying, like... He probably should have emphasized more the threat of death, I think. <laughs> well,
0: I think he did. I think he said, like, you know, if you bring anything, like, a snack with you, you're going to become something else's snack.
1: Oh, that's fair. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, he tells them, like, don't, don't bring food. And so, like, they both, like, start, like, eating really quickly. And I think it's so funny, just as a side note, that the... You know, well to do, proper guy Jin, mm-hmm. like pull out some chopsticks. Yeah, out of their sleeves. <laughs> out of their sleeves, and yeah. I'm like, are these their traveling chopsticks? Yeah, yeah it is
1: interesting. They have like bite sized food in their little lunch boxes. Yes. Yeah. And the Zhangs are just ripping apart like hunks of meat, like and anime bread. style. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, so they're like really quickly trying to eat all their food. I can understand why this would be kind of um, a stressful moment for refugees, mm-hmm. because, you know, they probably still have a ways to go before they get to Boston, Yeah, it's, it's not
1: necessarily practical to just dump all your food yeah. if you don't know where you're going to get your next meal.
0: Exactly. So it's, like, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. Um, so, uh, But, like,
1: the tour guy just has this vibe of, like, this is just a fun little, like, vacation trip, you know? Well, I think that's
0: what he's used to, <laughs> Yeah. you know? But, I mean, I guess that's not true, because he does say a lot of refugees come through here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... He has his rules and he's going to stick by them. And so we get to see some cool earthbending, uh, him making like this little bridge for them to get across.
1: And again, he just got that tour guide vibe where he's just like talking to Aang. He's like, it's not just the, you know, guiding and the bending people want. They want information, you know? (laughs) Which is
0: kind of what we're doing, right? We're we're the tour guides for our listeners through this show. We
1: have such a connection with them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We are your kooky, mustachioed little tour guides with our little quirks and jokes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and information.
1: (laughs) It's just really funny to me because he just makes such like a tour guide joke where he's just like you know it's said that these canyons were created by angry earth spirits long ago and then like a mudslide happens and he you know protects the group and he's like haha guess the spirits are still angry you know that's such a
0: he's also just like hope you guys brought sacrifices with you."
1: (laughs) (laughs) he's just such like tour guide energy yeah just
0: super kooky yeah um but yeah he's he's lovable and um it's
1: the same vibe as like somebody like telling you on a tour that like this place is haunted Ooh. and then like somebody's flicking on and off like a light switch in the background
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely um so then we get to see uh after he gets them over this bridge that he made he promptly destroys it because as he says um he regularly takes refugees through mm-hmm. this canyon and they are nervous about fire nation you know Following. Following them. Yeah. Uh, So he kind of tries to cover their tracks and, like, make it harder to Mm -hmm. be followed.
1: I don't know why I had to destroy it. I feel like he could have just unbent it, but whatever.
0: Don't question his (laughs) method. Maybe he just wanted to look dramatic. Uh, But then right after he does that... uh, A creepy monster shows up.
1: Yeah, like horrifying monster. (laughs) Like truly terrifying. Yes. I don't know if there's like another like as scary natural critter in like the Avatar world that isn't a spirit that looks that bad.
0: This is definitely in the Uncanny Valley kind of place. Just very unnerving. It's like a mashup of like an alligator and a giant tarantula. Two
1: things you do not want mixed together. (laughs)
0: Yes, with like eight eyes. You know, four eyes on each side of its giant alligator face and then like a little flicky snake like tongue and
1: multiple eyes like horrifying. Yeah, the red eyes and a
0: little fuzzy, you know, (laughs) tarantula body. Yeah,
1: I just know.
0: So um, these are called canyon crawlers and uh, they have shown up. Supposedly because they smelled some food Mm -hmm. as the tour guide warned them. Yes. And unfortunately, the tour guide is the one who pays the price because he gets flung around like a little, you know, doll.
1: Yeah. And And they just show a little shot of him getting tossed to ground and he's just like arms bent.
0: He just lands in a really bad way Uh. and both of his arms get broken. And uh, poor guy. He's just kind of like traumatized after that. But Aang is kind of also frustrated because the group start arguing and just being like, you brought food in here. No, I bet it was you kind of thing. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so he just decides, uh, again, after getting irritated, okay, we're just going to go two parallel paths.
1: Right. The most commanding Aang has ever been. Just like so irritated. Yes.
0: Um, We're going to do two separate parallel paths through the canyon so you guys just stop mixing with each other and getting on my nerves. And so... Um, he also then sends, surprise, surprise, Katara with the snooty gun uh, Gaijin.
1: Ganjin, yeah.
0: Oh, is it Ganjin? Yeah. Should have trusted myself initially. Mm-hmm. So she uh, goes off with them uh, to uh, find out what's their deal. Why are they so angry with the Zhang? And then likewise, also Sokka is centered with the Zhang for Mm -hmm. the same reason. Aang
1: spies.
0: Yes. He's just like, maybe if I can figure out what the heck that makes them so angry, I can formulate some kind of way for them to become peaceful. Yes. So we then get to see uh, Katara bonding with uh, these clean, snooty... Ganjin. uh, Ganjin. With uh, their
1: silly, pompous music, you know, yes. like, I, I don't think they ever really use instruments like that again, that sort of, it's so silly, yes. it's so comical. It's
0: very comical, and they have, like, also, I don't know if you noticed, but they're tarps, they're mm-hmm. not, like, ones that, you know, that are very practical, like, they're basically, like, on stilts, and it's just, like, this little covering, yeah. and it looks very fancy, but it's not, like, you know, just a little thing that you put over the tent. Yeah. It's like this whole structure. little
1: canopy thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, and so Katara has this moment of bonding with them where it's just like, oh, you're putting up a tarp even though it's the dry season? And they're like, you can never be too careful. Apparently
1: this is what it takes to bond with Katara.
0: (laughs) Just, you know, agree with her against her brother. Yeah. And then... a. Likewise, Sokka has the same moment where the Eugene don't put up a tarp. Because, because it makes a good blanket. It makes a good blanket. And it's the dry season. You know, mm-hmm. it's not gonna rain and then they're sitting around the fire uh, awkwardly Awkwardly, they they
1: just look like they're all just sitting there staring at the fire I'm wondering why
0: they didn't just go to bed yeah even
1: Katara is like looking around being like what are we doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) but then we see they all start pulling out their food Mm -hmm. and so the Ganjin all have food and Katara's like at first like shocked she's Mm -hmm. like you're the ones that all snuck food in here all of you and they just said well we figured the Zhang you know being the dirty thieves that they are we're gonna sneak in food so we decided we would too. Yep. Because if they get to eat, we should get to eat.
1: And shocker, shocker, quick cut to Sokka and the Zhangs, and it's just like... Also
0: strange logic here. Yeah, because
1: Zhang. the, the Zhangs <laughs> are like, the Ganjin probably thought we brought food, so they brought food, so that's why we brought food. Yeah. <laughs> and Sokka's like, sweet food, give me that.
0: Sokka... <laughs> really uninterested in their logic king he just wants to eat
1: (laughs) um but yeah so then we cut back to the ganjin with katara and they're like enjoying their meal and um the leader of the ganjin Mm -hmm. with his sage voice is just Mm -hmm. like you seem like a smart girl katara Mm -hmm. like i bet you would enjoy hearing about some history yeah i just want to say this whole vibe of like the ganjin being like superiority complex and just Mm -hmm. being, like, the Zhangs are stupid. Like, it just seems like a prejudice, like, racist uncle at a family gathering or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, let me tell you about, quote, history. Yeah. And it's just their, like, prejudice.
0: Well, I mean, this is a classic tale, right? Like, we can go back to Shakespeare, and this is literally, you know, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, the the... Montagues
1: and the Capulets. Yes,
0: the Capulets and the Montagues, just Mm -hmm. hating each other, this old, you know family blood feud uh, that they just can't overcome and they're constantly just fighting with each other. And Aang's kind of like the poor Prince of Verona who's just trying to keep the peace. Um, but yeah, so go ahead and tell tell the story.
1: So the way Ganjin, the Ganjin tribe tells it, they had this ancestor who um, was named, was he Wei Jin or Jin Wei? <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know. I
0: don't know. doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. <laughs> so, okay, so the Ganjin, are uh, their ancestor is Jinwei. Mm-hmm. From a um, hundred years ago. Yeah, like over a hundred years ago, who apparently as part of a ritual that they call the redemption ritual, which mm-hmm. I just want to stop. And, like, if the Ganjin are the one that have something called a redemption ritual, doesn't that they imply that they did something terrible at some point?
0: I actually have a fast fact about the redemption ritual. Okay,
1: great, then we'll keep that for later, because, so- like...
0: Listen to the end if you wanna know about yeah, that. <laughs> I'm
1: just I was like, what did they do? Mm-hmm. But in any case, as part of the redemption ritual, they had um Jinwei take this sacred orb from the west gate to the east gate, was mm-hmm. it?
0: Yes. To um, follow... Well, oh, actually, no. It was from the east to the west. Okay. Because it was following the path of the sun. I
1: don't know anything about the path of the sun. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, it rises in the east. Yes. And it sets in the west. That's why Japan is called the land of the rising sun. Because the sun rises in the east.
1: Ah. Where they are located. I, I can never remember, honestly, the rising and setting of the sun. And
0: that's how I remember it, honestly. is like, mm-hmm. I just remember Japan is the land of the rising sun. They're in the east. So it rises in the east and sets in the that's west. That's pretty good
1: mnemonic. I should remember that. <laughs> but Jinwei takes... Takes uh, his sacred orb and follows the path of the sun, and uh, as he gets close to the west gate, mm-hmm. uh, he supposedly gets essentially mugged by Wei Jin, uh, the ancestors of the Zhang, and supposedly he steals the sacred orb.
0: The fact that these guys just have, like, mirrored names that are just... Well, that's
1: part of the joke, right? Is that they're just... They're supposed to be very similar. It's
0: just, like, there's nothing in this episode you can take seriously. Like, like everything is a joke.
1: A little bit. Not to mention, like, throughout this whole, like, storytelling sequence, they have this very stylistic art change that makes everything seem so grandiose and magnificent.
0: Yeah, but again, you know, just... If they couldn't drive it home anymore, the differences between perspectives. Right. Right, because first we get to see, like, this beautiful, like, almost work of art, you mm. know? It's just so stylistically, like, clean and beautiful. Mm-hmm. and Artsy. And classical. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this, like, just angelically beautiful... What's his name?
1: Uh, Their ancestor. Jin, Wei. Yeah. Jin Wei. He's got a very, like, strong masculine silhouette. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: and just, like, the, you know, jawbone that could, like, cut...
1: <laughs> yeah. Cheese. Those shoulders, man. <laughs>
0: yeah, they were ridiculous. And the long, flowing hair. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, You see, like, that, and then when we get over to the Zhang, they get to tell their story. Oh, I don't think you got to finish the story. He was running along.
1: Right, no, I said that he gets essentially mugged by Wei Jin, and then Wei Jin steals the sacred orb. Okay, yes.
0: So, um, then let's hear the Zhang story. All right,
1: so now we go back over to the Zhang, and they try to tell their story to Sokka, who is just occupied with stuffing his face. (laughs) He's
0: just eating. He doesn't (laughs) care. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and then we get even an, another new art style, which, by the way, is the best part of this show next to the tour guide mm-hmm. of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I, this one really struck me because it feels very, like, Gynax esque like, with the heavy shadows and, like, crazy angles. Do you
0: mind explaining to the audience a little bit about what Gynax is? Right,
1: so Studio Gynax, for those who don't know, is a, is a Japanese anime studio who did stuff like Gurren Lagann, Fully Cooley, Panty and Stalking, very, very prominent. Very big, yeah.
0: popular, like, mm-hmm. you know, internationally famous
1: shows. Yeah. So it's not surprising, considering, like, maybe, you know, avatars that even referenced Samurai shampoo in the last episode, mm-hmm. that they referenced something like Gainax. Yes. Um, They're kind
0: of like, you know, spiritual cousins.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then we see from the James perspective that Wei Jin was apparently just minding his own business mm-hmm. when uh, he stumbles upon Jin Wei, who is apparently just, like, fallen and can't get up, Life Alert style.
0: How did he fall? Yeah. We don't know.
1: Um, and th- according to them, Wei Jin offered his help to Jin Wei...
0: Oh, we should mention here, like, the expressions in this Gainax-esque version of the story, mm-hmm. like, are really comical.
1: Yeah, very extreme, yes. like, crazy angles. It's very, you know, Where, stylistic. Where, like, the,
0: the expressions in the uh, Je- uh, Gan Jin's version of the story very, like, calm. Yeah,
1: very subtle. Subdued. Yeah.
0: Anyway, keep going. <laughs>
1: um, And Wei Jin offers his help, but uh, Jin Wei insists that his sacred orb is more important and that, you know he should uh, return it to the village. Uh, well, the I Ganjin thought the village. point
0: was to get it to the east gate. Yeah. Or well, no, to the west gate. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I guess that's the final leg of the journey or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um. Or maybe he has to take it back.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think that was the idea, right? Is that he goes from the gate to gate and then goes back.
0: I guess. Oh, yeah.
1: Hmm. Um. But so Wei Jin takes the sacred orb uh, and runs back to the village and then promptly gets arrested for 20 years. For by the, thievery. Yeah. The Ganjin accuse him of thieving the sacred orb
0: yeah and so this is the uh root of the problem and the conflict between uh the ganjin and the zhangs is that they both know this story but um there's two sides to it and they both think that their ancestor was the one that was wronged
1: Mm -hmm. by the other Mm -hmm.
0: so um after that next uh morning oh wait sorry there was a cute little scene at the very end with uh Aang yeah watching over these two groups kind of Separated from them, Mm -hmm. like visually isolated. Um, He's a
1: little contemplative.
0: Yeah, and he's like, Oh, it looks nice sitting around the fire.
1: Yeah, poor Aang. (laughs) He just loves being around people. And now he's got got Momo, and
0: he's just kind of like, It's just you and me, buddy. I wish I had something to eat, though. And then Momo grabs a bug. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was very sweet of Momo to offer him (laughs) a bug.
0: He offered Aang some of the bug, and Aang was like, No, that's okay. I'll just get some lychee nuts later, Mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, And and then
1: Q, the kooky tour guy just being yes. like it sure is tough being impartial isn't it you know and then, and he's then just like
0: yeah and then the guy just, just
1: passes, passes out
0: passes out right there that's why i said he's kind of like iroh he has these sagely moments and then he's just like boomy just like and gone, and gone. <laughs> just very unceremoniously so yeah, Aang is trying to be, you know, detached from this, impartial, mm-hmm. just unbiased, but it it feels kind of lonely. So next day, yes, what happens?
1: Uh, <laughs> what does happen? I mean, this like again, this mem- episode is not really memorable, but the, so they regroup. Um, I don't know what happened, man. Okay.
0: <laughs> they regroup um, after going these two like parallel paths and they're trying to kind of like waddle along, but there's, oh, I know there's like, since they've regrouped together, there's more arguing happening. And also Katara and and... and Sokka have gotten wrapped up in the arguing.
1: As Aang tries to get out of them, like why they have these beefs.
0: Yes. So he's trying to just like settle it, but they're just to squabble. And then Aang makes the mistake of like, you know, again, getting irritated and just kind of says... We need to get over this wall. We need to think of a way because, you know, our early earthbender, mm-hmm. his arms are broken. He can't yes. bend. We have to
1: work together. So
0: he can't help us get up. We have to work together and figure out how to do this. But they're not interested in helping him. Mm-hmm. They just want to fight. And so he says, um, actions, uh, I'm sorry, harsh words won't solve problems. Actions will.
1: Mm-hmm. And so. And then the Ganjin leader is just like, he's right, you know. Harsh words won't work. And then the jangler's like, yeah, I agree. And then you just cut to 17 minutes and 7 seconds. Sweet Aang and his little baby face as his eyes just go wide. And he's just like, I did it. I solved their argument.
0: Yes, finally. I got through to them. Mm -hmm. And then it's immediately crushed. Yes. As they pull out their weapons. They
1: pull out their swords just ready to fight. Do
0: you have any notes about the weapons that they were using? Because they were pretty interesting. Like, the Zhangs had a really big, mini sword.
1: I have no parallels for the Zhangs. Like, if you want to make a parallel it'd probably be like a kopesh but that's an egyptian weapon mm-hmm. egyptian weapon mm. it's just that it was probably designed to be kind of brutal looking mm. um the ganjin is a sword that's been used in the show frequently because it's a very common thing it's um and the way he uses it is very that style of mm-hmm. uh, the chinese uh john mm-hmm. just literally a straight sword right yeah classical yeah it, it's it's a very like it's a classy weapon, you know, like mm-hmm. as anyone would say in swordsmanship, it's like an art, you know, there's a lot of forms and styles.
0: Right, so maybe the Zhang have some kind of like unusual weapon that's maybe more used for like hunting than. Yes,
1: for something more fighting. savage, you know. Yeah, because yeah. it was
0: just a huge, meaty sword. Like it was like a mini Ted Saiga, what she had there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so they just, like, both pull out their weapons, the leaders of these two groups, and are like, let's settle this once and for all, like a fight to the Mm -hmm. death. And Aang's like, that's not the action that I meant. (laughs) And so they start fighting, and then even the fight isn't serious, because all they do is cut off each other's hair. Mm -hmm. And um, that infuriates them more. And then as Aang is trying to get them to stop, a whole swarm of canyon crawlers show up. Right. And... They are just kind of causing havoc, and we get another silly moment. I'm telling you, every time there's like even a little bit of seriousness, it's just like, uh, serious joke, serious joke, you mm-hmm. know. And so like they show up, and everyone's freaking out and running around and stuff. And then we have the kooky tour guide who's just kind of like, they've come back for me. They won't they, get
1: me this time.
0: They, no, he says. He says they got a taste of me, and they're back for more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> this <yeah>. guy's
1: traumatized. <laughs> he really
0: is. So, um, yeah, Aang is just looking around and seeing all of them just kind of running about in chaos. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, wait, the food falls That's out. what I was going to yes. say. That
1: then the chaos is when they start dropping all their food. Yes. and uh, Oh, yeah,
0: because Aang, that's why they show up. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry. I, I keep forgetting important yeah, points. Yeah, from the,
1: the, the fighting To earlier. stop them
0: fighting, he uses airbending, and he blows them both way back. And yes. that's what, what knocks the food out of them right. and causes the canyon crawlers to and all come. And Aang,
1: the only one who hasn't eaten... Yes, along with a tour guide in the past day is enticed by the egg custard tart. which course,
0: he's furious. Yes, because he's just like you know what? You, what? How could you do this? You couldn't go one day, and now you like endangered all of us, kind mm-hmm. of thing. But then he sees the egg, egg tart, tart. Seventeen minutes, thirty-five seconds.
1: Yes, I, I again similar to the last episode. This was another episode that really that moment stuck out to me mm-hmm. because like that tart is like. The Don Tot is a super iconic item, a super iconic food, Um, because it's, like, a traditional dessert, especially after, like, dim sum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which is
0: delicious. If you've never had dim sum, please try to get some. (laughs) It changed my
1: life when I had it. (laughs) And again, so it's, like, another little, like, realistic food item that really, you know, like, stuck out to me as a kid, because, again, I'd never seen any piece of media even reference something like that before.
0: Yeah. And again, they don't, like go out of their way to explain to the audience in this moment like yeah. what is that you know they don't call it a don tot he's just like is that an egg custard tart yeah you know um so to give them some idea of like what it is but um not a whole lot of detail you get
1: an idea that it's a nice sweet treat
0: yes and ang makes a really funny face there. <laughs> yeah. i know you said the face that he made when he was all hopeful was pretty like cute but the face he makes here again with the huge big puppy dog eyes and he's like Yeah, with his little finger. Oh, man. Anyway, so that's what um, happens to... uh,
1: Entice the canyon crawlers. Yes.
0: And so they all show up and there's like chaos. And then Aang has this epiphany uh, where he's looking at the bags that are all strewn around on the ground that was once holding the food. And he uses this as a kind of muzzle on one of the canyon uh, crawlers. a
1: bitten bridle.
0: Yes. And so he encourages everyone else to work together to domesticate these canyon crawlers. What a
1: wild plan. Like, these things are so horrifying. And dangerous. And, like, Aang is just like, yeah, these guys got it. They can can totally bag up these canyon crawlers. You know, I
0: think that if Steve Irwin was still alive, he would not endorse this episode because he did not approve of civilians getting tangled up with alligator mouths or crocodile mouths or whatever they are. Um, but he did use that method a lot of putting, like, uh trash bags and stuff on crocodiles when he's I mean yeah because
1: that's like the most threatening part of the crocodile is the mouth yeah so
0: um yeah but they don't seem too scared they're just all get into it and saddle up
1: (laughs) yeah you think there would be a little bit more of a struggle with these giant monsters but
0: yeah and then Aang uses you know um this big sack of the leftover food to kind of like lead them all along
1: carrot on a stick
0: and um, somehow these people without saddles are able to hold on to these creatures as they go in a 90 like, degree angle. Like, literally
1: 90 <laughs> degree up. Yeah, like, you gotta have thighs of steel to grip on like that.
0: Yeah, so they're able to do it somehow and get to the top. And then Aang throws the food back into the canyon to get them to all leave.
1: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he
0: doesn't take the bags oh, off their you, mouth.
1: <laughs> you didn't You didn't mention that uh, at some point, I guess, the people helped the tour guide onto one of them. And as they oh, yes. crested over the edge of the can- uh, the canyon... The tour guide just falls off the <laughs> <Like, laughs> canyon crawler. Can't
0: go longer than a few minutes without some kind of joke. Yeah. Yeah, so he just onto the ground.
1: Can't use his arm, so he just falls off the <laughs> he side. Just
0: flails off. Poor guy. Um, but yeah, so the canyon crawlers go back into the canyon, and the two groups have this moment of just like, we work together, you know, we mm-hmm, what's mm-hmm. going on here, you know, this connection, this moment of teamwork. And they're like, but we can't change the past, and the history states that we are enemies. Yeah, we
1: still hate each other, though. We still
0: hate each other. And then Aang has this moment yeah. of brilliance. Do you want to tell the story that Aang presents to them? Yeah,
1: so, first of all, Aang just pulls out this story out of nowhere. Out
0: of his booty hole.
1: Yeah, and he, <laughs> he, he claims to the different tribes that, oh, you know, I was, you know, 112 years old, and I was there the day this story happened, and the Wei, fact that
0: they just accept, like, point-blank that he's 112 years old. He mm-hmm. doesn't explain anything about the iceberg. He was just like, I was there.
1: I mean, they do say he's the Avatar, so. Yeah. Um, But he says that Wei Jin and Jin Wei were brothers, twin brothers, yes. apparently.
0: Yes, eight years old.
1: Eight years old. Yeah, so we and get this cute
0: little chibi animation. Yeah,
1: new art style. Yeah. And apparently, the redemption ritual was just a ball game Mm -hmm. called Redemption. And the sacred orb in their story was a ball. ball.
0: Just like a soccer ball. Mm -hmm.
1: And the East Gate and the West Gate were the two goals.
0: Yes, and then... Uh, one of the brothers just happened to fall over during the game, mm-hmm. and then the other brother took the ball, and he was trying to get it uh, over to the other But goal. he went
1: out of bounds. But he went
0: out of bounds, so he gets picked up. But By a panda. This panda <laughs> <laughs> referee, I have fast facts about the panda referee, picks up the, um, the boy, who's a mm-hmm. little panda, and puts him in, like, basically... The penalty box. The penalty box, a little timeout corner, for two minutes.
1: Instead of 20 years.
0: And that was the story. And then they were just kind of like hmm, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're just like, eh.
0: All right. I guess, you know, we should just get along.
1: Yeah, it seems kind of petty if it's just a eight-year-old child story.
0: Yeah. And so they um, are able to come together and Aang, like, breathes a sigh of relief. You really
1: would wonder, like... What, they like why wouldn't they question like their ancestors passed de- that passing down this story about eight year olds? But... I guess
0: like Aang just kinda of presented it like it was a game of telephone where yeah. it was just like, Oh, the facts kinda of got, you know, hanky along the way. Mm-hmm. But so as they're like at, as the group walks away heading together to Bossing Se they mm-hmm. said The, the capital, capital of Earth Kingdom. The capital of the Earth Kingdom, uh, the tour guide gets up and says, Wait for me, I'm not staying here any longer. Yeah. <laughs> and runs after them. And then uh, Aang is talking with Katara and Sokka and is just like, oh, well, it's really great that you knew that story that you were there, like, you know, all those years ago. Mm-hmm. And Aang presents the moral of the story.
1: Yeah, I was lying. <laughs> Where's that Dantat?
0: <dunk> <laughs> and that's the end. The moral of the story is solve your problems by lying. Yeah, I,
1: I gotta say, it did feel a little anticlimactic, that ending.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've already said it a bunch of times. I don't know if it bears repeating, but this episode isn't super impactful.
1: No, there's no real strong lesson and there's no, like, strong world building because the world building is just about these tribes that don't have any impact later in the story.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I can't really say for sure what the justification was here, except maybe because this is a kid's show and, like, it really common problem in just regular kids lives is oh my sibling is annoying and i'm fighting with them maybe so but again it doesn't really seem to provide any kind of real like solution to that other than just like you have
1: to work together yeah
0: just learn to get along
1: yeah even if i have to lie to you
0: yeah i'll lie to you i'll manipulate you whatever just to get you to stop fighting so, I don't know. That's all I can think of. And I guess it's kind of sandwiched together this episode with like some more serious episodes. Oh, yeah.
1: After this, we start getting into some real territory, real talk territory. So maybe
0: that's why this was jam packed with so many punchlines and gags and silly things. So just kind of like have a moment of haha, silly cartoon nonsense mm-hmm. before we get kind of into the deep
1: darkness
0: yeah. of this season. Because now
1: we're into the last half of the season. Yeah. yeah. And we're getting to a climax.
0: But yeah, so that was like the filler episode. Um, So I have my fast facts here. Do you have any other thoughts you want to share? No, it's before? time for
1: Rachel's fast fact corner.
0: Okay, so fast fact corner. Uh, this is where I read off some uh little facts that I got from the Avatar Wiki that documented all of these things called Avatar Extras. Mm-hmm. These little points of, you know, knowledge and tidbits of, did you know that once was aired on Nickelodeon with these Mm -hmm, episodes mm -hmm. in a special little marathon? Um, So these are not my facts. They are from Nickelodeon, and I'm just repeating them. Uh, And I'm not repeating all of them because a lot of times the episodes have so many. Yeah, and silly little
1: comments. This
0: episode had almost 60 fast facts. Um, Or little avatar extras. And so I just limited it down to, I think, like 20 or so.
1: All right, lay it on me.
0: Okay. So the tarp that we see at the beginning of the episode is made from animal skin. Makes sense. The rainiest city in the world is Tutunendo, Colombia.
1: It Tutunendo is very moist.
0: has an average rainfall of 463 inches per year.
1: <sighs> well, that's quite a difference from where we live. <laughs>
0: yes. I guess this is to, like, contrast with the dry season that was the setting, Um, some of the deepest canyons in the world are located in Tibet, China. Hmm. This is the first episode that mentions Ba Sing Se. Ba Sing Se is the largest city in the Avatar world, and Ba Sing Se means great impenetrable city. The Zhang tribe is a society of hunters and outdoorsmen, and this may explain their choice of clothing. This episode introduces the idea of war refugees migrating to the Earth Kingdom capital.
1: The ah, I guess that, I guess that's a good point because like you haven't seen. I guess that's the one thing you can take away from this episode is like if we're going with the theme of like portraying war, you get to see the the travel of refugees. Although these ones aren't exactly the most. Shining example of what that experience is like.
0: Yes. But, um, yeah, this is the first time that we see refugees. We've seen people affected by war. Right. Over and over again. But, but they still
1: have their town. They
0: still have their town. Or if they've lost their town, kind of like what we saw in the jet episode, they mm-hmm. kind of reformed a little ragtag group of people. Yeah. And they're still hanging out. But... These are like people who identify as refugees. Right, and they're
1: searching for a, a stability.
0: Stability. So they're going to Ba Sing uh, This canyon guide that we see in the episode is thinking of retiring soon. He dreams of moving to Ba Sing Se and opening up his own shop.
1: Oh, huh, well that explains a lot.
0: <laughs> the uh, creatures we see in this episode are called canyon crawlers, and they are a mix of a spider and a crocodile. Oh, okay. The canyon crawlers have a very sharp, sense of smell Mm. a little tidbit i guess this fact is like a suggestion it says always remember to bring chopsticks for long journeys
1: I always carry around some utensils. <laughs> do
0: you do you carry traveling chopsticks?
1: I've thought about it. I thought about introducing chopsticks into my carry. Yes,
0: <laughs> I think you need some special long sleeves to hide <laughs> them in. Um, the Yanjin tribe believed that the ritual of the redemption run was needed to purify the tribe's spiritual connection.
1: Okay, I still feel like that doesn't address that, like, redemption implies they once did something bad. Well,
0: I think that, you know, you can probably make it up from there, just saying, like, maybe, like, you know, some ancestor uh, did some kind of favor that involved moving this orb for a spirit, Mm -hmm. and uh, in doing so, like it got them, you know, more connected to their spiritual, whatever. Something. 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 But I just thought you'd like that tidbit. Okay. The Zhang flashback was, okay, so this is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And these are kind of like multiple facts that I'm kind of cramming all together. The Zhang flashback that we see was designed and animated to pay homage to Japanese animator Hiro, Hiroyuki Imaishi. Hiroyuki uh, Maishi's work can be seen on the animated TV series called Magical Shopping Arcade Abenobashi.
1: I do not know that one, honestly. Yes, but
0: you have some other series that you said you'd like to mention. Well,
1: yeah, so I learned after we discussed this before the episode that um, that artist, that director, that animator, Imaishi... Um, was a director and animator at Gainax. So I was right. So that's kind of why it feels similar. Mm-hmm. And just a future fast fact, way later after Avatar, uh, he ends up being one of the co-founders of another famous Japanese animator, uh, animating studio called Studio Trigger.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Studio Trigger has brought us some really great series, uh, including, I think, Kill a Kill.
1: Yes, Kill a Kill. Um Little Witch Academia, mm-hmm. uh, Kizniver, although I don't like that one as much. But yeah, they've, they've, they've done... Oh, Space Patrol Luluco yes. I love Space Patrol Luluco. Yes,
0: and they all have a very distinct style. Yes, definitely. Um, and kind of uh, timing. All of them have a bit of comedy in them. Uh, but my little fact that I also wanted to include was that um, he was... Uh, his directorial debut, so this is Hiroyuki Imaishi, um, his directorial debut was on the anime Gurren Lagann, mm-hmm. which is also a very famous anime. Yeah, one of my
1: personal favorites. Yes,
0: it's a lot of people's favorites.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's a little fastback about uh, some references. Ani-
1: Animation history. Yes, it's yeah. all
0: here, uh, all coming together. So fastback number 16. Uh, when Momo and Eng first met, Momo immediately took to Aang as if he was his master in a past life. So suggesting here that they have some kind of a spiritual connection.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: Um, the Ganjin like to fight with the straight sword. The Zhang like to fight with the two-handed crescent sword.
1: Hmm. Maybe it is based on something real. I should look that up later.
0: Aang mm. doesn't know uh, that this egg custard that we see in the episode is actually four weeks old. Oh, God. <laughs> the canyon crawlers are omnivores and eat whatever they find. Their favorite food... Old Canyon guides who have big white mustaches.
1: Very specific taste.
0: <laughs> um, Kenji Ono, one of the storyboard artists on Avatar, came up with the idea to have a panda as a referee. They believe that um, having Aang choose a panda as the referee in his imagined scenario would demonstrate Aang's innocence. Aww. And then finally, my last fact, uh, making up a story about a tribe's history is wrong, dot dot dot, unless it brings two tribes together who have been feuding over a hundred years. Yeah,
1: that's what we said. (laughs) I guess we did find the lesson.
0: So those are my fast facts.
1: Very good. Yes.
0: And do you have any more facts or opinions to share?
1: I do not.
0: Well, then I'm all out of facts and opinions as well. So I guess it's time for our sign off. So join us next time as we rewatch chapter 12, The Storm.
1: Next episode. Yep. Yep.